1: I was wondering how much, how seriously you take physics and science in your films. Not at all. <laughs> Warning, this podcast contains spoilers for Independence Day and Independence Day 2 Resurgence. Hi, welcome to Radio Motherboard. I'm Adrian Jeffries. Back in 1996, one of the greatest, biggest, most explosive hacking movies of American cinema was released. You know what I'm talking about.
0: We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day.
1: Independence Day. Well, it's also about an alien invasion, but really, it's a hacking movie. They have the laughing death skull pop up on the alien's computer and everything. Anyway, this movie is about hacking and aliens, which are two things that are right up Motherboard's alley. That's why I jumped at the chance to talk to Roland Emmerich, the famous disaster movie director behind Independence Day... 2012, The Day After Tomorrow, and now Independence Day 2, the long-awaited sequel to the 1996 hacking movie. The first Independence Day was heavily advertised, and it blew the doors off the box office. At the time, it was the biggest movie opening ever. Its cast, which included Jeff Goldblum, Bill Pullman, and the up-and-coming Will Smith, was considered low wattage. Emmerich told the New York Times that he, quote, didn't want this movie to be a movie star movie. The movie was the star. We didn't need a movie star to make it more expensive, and it would complicate the marketing. Aliens were also considered a safe villain at a time when the custom of casting foreigners as bad guys was starting to wear thin.
0: What is it you want us to do? Die.
1: I just watched the movie for the first time, and while it is very dumb and over the top with super cheesy dialogue, it's fun and it doesn't take itself too seriously. Unfortunately, Independence Day 2 has gotten pretty bad reviews. It was off to a bad start when Will Smith declined to do the movie reportedly because he wanted too much money to shoot the second and a planned third sequel back to back. Almost every other character returns, but despite this reunion, The New Yorker called the new movie twice as big and half as fun, and its box office results have been disappointing in the US although it's selling enough tickets overseas to make up for it. The premise of Independence Day 2 is simple. It's 20 years to the day after the first invasion. There is world peace. We've used the alien technology to make our lives better and created an Earth-Space Defense Department to prepare in case the aliens return, which, of course, they do. You know, so
2: it's like I always kind of knew that it's like there's uh, something there because I, I know... From many people who like kind of just talk to me because the movie's constantly playing on TV, how much to like it, and I was like, "Out for a sequel," and then finally, I kind of did one. Mm. But it's not really a sequel; it's like a continuation.
1: That's Roland Emmerich, the director and co-writer of Independence Day and Independence Day Two. This interview took place over two phone calls and has been edited together. It's been oh, so long. Yeah. Is this this is your first time doing a sequel? Is that right?
2: Have you done any yeah, other sequels? Yeah. yeah, it's the first. Maybe the last. <laughs> I well, don't, I, I, you know what? It's like so weird. You know, so weird for me. It's like kind of... Uh, I always don't like sequels because, you know, when you see a movie once, you know, like you don't... But that's why I also like kind of try to, you know, do something different, you know, uh, this time around. It has the same tone, but it's different and it's a continuation. It's like kind of like if you kind of left somebody like, you know, like 20 years ago and and revisit them in their life and everything has changed. Right. So Um, it's a little bit like kind of the whole approach of the thing.
1: Yeah, so it's like a new challenge. So I I found um, a thread on the website Reddit. Uh, Do you know what the website Reddit Mm -hmm. is? Um, so there was a long yeah. thread where people were speculating about what would the world look like if Independence Day had really happened, and this was like maybe 2013, just in the last couple of years, which is exactly the premise you start out with with this film.
2: Well, that's what that's what we what we asked ourselves. <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm like kind of with my dad, you know, what went through World War Two, and so he always like talked a lot about you know what his experiences was and and uh, how you know great it is that we have no democracy and all these kind of things and, and we like just uh, asked ourselves you know um what would happen after a war like this especially in the uh, as the fact is known that you know the there was a distress call going out from the from the ships which went down into deep space and so like uh we assumed it was the sos call so there must be more out there and and that's like kind of uh it's like kind of all of a sudden all the all of petty differences between nations and people, it's like, I don't they don't count so much anymore. And, you know, they're the common enemy.
1: Right. And I wanted to ask you about that, too. Is that something you really believe? Do you think if something like this actually happened on this scale that humanity would really be able to unite and set their differences aside?
2: I I, I think they would, you know. I I don't believe really in aliens, you know, but (laughs) I sometimes hope they would be aliens. I don't know. It's, uh, it's weird, but uh, it's m- my feeling is yes. Yeah, if there would be a common enemy, which uh, would like kind of uh, endanger us as a human species, uh, we would like uh, finally unite, you know, and, um, and 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 do that, you know.
1: You don't believe in aliens personally, but do you think that? the idea of aliens is still scary to people 20 years after this movie? I feel like that, you know, so much has changed. There's real threats like terrorism and, like, climate change, which, of course, you've dealt with. Do you, I mean, do you think that aliens are still scary to people? That that that's something that really captivated people in the 90s? Is that still relevant now? Uh, uh,
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm, like, kind of thinking, you know, I mean, look, uh, aliens... I think people are so afraid of aliens, you know I mean? Uh, they're like, uh, also still afraid of, uh, like the way they're still afraid of, uh, of zombies, and zombies don't exist, you know? So it's just like kind of these movie characters, you know, we're like kind of uh, invented instead of fairies and, and trolls and stuff like that. And, uh, and so in a way, you know, it, uh, it's, um, it's uh, yeah, it's like I've just seen... The, the new Cloverfield Lane, and uh, the last moment—you know—when you come out, you're like scared of this thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's just scary. And and uh, and then that helps you, you know. And I'm not like, can I ever, you know, uh, think something like this will happen? But uh, in movies, uh, it will happen, and and that's why we go into the movies, you know. For, uh, but but, but uh, to, to be honest, you know. Um, I actually uh, don't personally believe, ever, you will know, ever see
1: aliens. Just like me as so Just us, huh?
2: Yeah, it's just like... But I, <laughs> I kind of like to make movies about aliens because I think it's fascinating, <laughs> uh, you know? So. Mm-hmm.
1: So, there's one thing I'm super curious about. Uh, so in the DVD commentary on Independence Day... You said that originally the U.S. military was going to support the film, but they wanted to remove all mentions of Area 51, which, of course, you couldn't do. So they didn't support mm-hmm. the film. Did anything like that happen mm-hmm. with this movie?
2: So this movie was, like, exactly the same. <laughs> so I kind of went to the military <laughs> they like kind of uh, were very excited first and then they kind of made some demands on the script. And I, I said, I cannot do that. It's like kind of way uh, too late uh, in the game and, uh, and I cannot like remove that. But now, you know, they're like kind of, um, <laughs> now they came back on after the movie was finished and doing a huge campaign for it. And you always like say, how does that work? Because they realized all of a sudden, you know, that they were, like, again wrong, you know, because uh, we have this whole thing in the movie, you know, where, you know, we, like, invented uh, an organization called ESD, Earth Space Defense. Mm -hmm. And we did, like, even uh, recruiting videos for it, you know, like, kind of because we thought it was fun to say, you know, join the
0: fight against, you know, like aliens, you know. Mm But let's not forget, behind all of that hybrid technology is the force of a united military. One common enemy gave rise to the human spirit. The US Army, along with military forces from around the globe, joined the ESD.
2: And they're not like kind of jumping on board and saying,
0: oh, we could use this for us. And i <laughs> <laughs> they're
2: making like all these commercials. And I'm saying, okay, you know. But you know, in, in, in these days, you know, um, the that the military support then was much more important to us. This time around, all our airplanes and and flying vehicles were anyway uh, part alien. So it was like this hybrid, which they don't have anyway. So it it would have been not uh, as as important as in the last one.
1: Are you able to tell me anything that the military requested you take out of this movie?
2: Or uh, well, it was like kind of more. It was more technical things, you know. It was more like kind of we cannot say this, we cannot say that. Uh, you know, when you like kind of write movies, you know, you like kind of sometimes try to create characters which are a little bit cocky, you know, and they don't care really about rules. And I think people enjoyed it very much, but the military doesn't really enjoy that. Right. <laughs> I think a military person would never do that and be say, "Oh, it's like a movie." Right. And then they say, well, we cannot, uh, you know, that's the kind of thing what they call us uh, don't okay. to, uh, to do. And that's like, I understand that too. Because, you know, in the military, you cannot like, say, you know, two things but like people don't film. Right. You know, right. You
1: know. They have to take themselves <laughs> okay. seriously. I read that you said that after September 11th that you would never destroy another building, but that your thoughts on this have changed. Can you talk about that a little bit?
2: Well, it was like at that time uh, when uh, uh, September 11 happened, you know, even when like a 911 happened, um, I was just like kind of in Mexico writing day after tomorrow, and I was like immediately stopped. <laughs> I said, oh shit, you know, because everybody called me up and said it looks totally like one of your movies, and, and I kind of was like kind of really deeply disturbed, and and I kind of said to myself no, never ever again. And then, you know, actually, uh, people, friends of mine said, why, you know, maybe you can do this movie without having any, you know, building destroyed, you know. It's after all about, you know, like it has a good message. to film, you know, be, keep destroying our climate, you know. We will all like kind of cannot live on this planet anymore. And then actually, when you look at the uh, day after tomorrow, uh, there's this huge, like, kind of wave and water coming, and not one building got down, which is physically impossible. But it was just, like, for me at that point, very important to be really sensitive to, you know, to kind of uh, don't show uh, destruction. And then over the years, you know, I kind of saw, like, kind of that every Marvel movie is, like, blowing up building right and left, and even Superman destroys more buildings than, than I do, so... <laughs> So I then, like, slowly came around again and so on. And I it but it was really, for me, after the longest time a real problem.
1: Right. And I I think that makes sense because it's supposed to be fun to destroy movies, to, to destroy buildings in your movies. And if we can't have fun anymore,
2: then... Yeah. I mean, it's also like... I mean, I mean, my movies anyway have, like, a, a relatively light tone always. So I don't think the people take it uh, that serious. You know, I mean, you know, I, at least I hope... <laughs>
1: So, buildings are coming down in the new movie? Yes.
2: They're going up and they're falling down.
1: (laughs) Great. (laughs) So, you did this film in 3D, which we're now seeing a lot of um, for films to be released in 3D. I was wondering, though, if you have thought about the next step after that and if you've ever thought about doing films in virtual reality.
2: Well, I kind of... uh, I kind of I'm very interested in virtual reality it's extremely uh, hard to kind of find a narrative script you know what I mean because it has still this like kind of point of view of you sit there and, and a lot of the uh, games uh, a lot have like the the, the, the point of view of uh, of a shooter of a person who goes like a certain obstacle course uh, but like for a narrative it's like kind of super hard but they will find uh, people will find, like, a solution for that, you know. So just just, like, be a different kind of storytelling, but it's fascinating.
1: What is the most common question you're getting about the new film? What are people most interested in?
2: Um, they say, why after 20 years?
3: Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> why after 20 years? I said, well, you know, I didn't have any, you know, I had so many other, um, you know, like, uh, original films to do first, because I'm not a fan of sequel. I'm always, like, pretty honest about that. Right. But it's also not a real sequel. well, it's like, it's a continuation on you know, I'm always, like, say that, because, um... You know.
1: So you mentioned earlier about one of the buildings falling over in uh, Day After Tomorrow being physically impossible. And I was wondering how much, how seriously you take physics and science in your films. Not at all. <laughs> and why not?
2: I sort of real. I mean... I think mean, I would like win every award of implausibility in my movies. I mean, uh, I sometimes go to like the professor. Yeah, yeah. well, like you kind know, of, for example, in 2012 we went to a professor of earth science and um, and uh, like uh, talked to him about what we wanted to do, and then like, he said, "Well, what is that?" And then I said, "Like, well, it's called Earth like, crust displacement, and it's actually that the whole Earth crust is like shifting." By thirty percent, and then he said, "Like, well, that's that's impossible." They said, "Well, some people say it's not. So, let's say you would make a movie, and you have to make a movie. What could make it possible?" And he kind of, in a way, you know, kind of really gave us a lot of good ideas. Possible, you know, even for, you know, uh, you know, he, he thought it's like, kind of, it cannot happen, but. But then he had fun, you know, for a movie to kind of make it sound plot. And that's a little bit what I do, too. So, uh, I know that, like, uh, I, I don't think, um, you know, when aliens come all this way, they will do what my aliens are doing, you know. I don't think that, like, any higher life form can be as aggressive as, as, as that. But, what, but it's like another great, you know, Great movie characters, you know, like in in old days, you had like kind of you know, different characters. And the time you have even today, you have like you kind of your zombies, yes, you werewolves, you have like uh, aliens, and and you can make them good and bad. You know, it's, it's great. It's like kind of it's a storytelling tool. You don't have to believe in aliens. You know, you know what I mean.
1: Well, I remember seeing an article. um, where a scientist was criticizing the first Independence Day and saying that the alien ship was so massive that uh, when they went over cities, it would have had an effect on gravity that would have crushed the city before having to deploy its weapon. And in the new film, it looks like that's what happens. Like, it had, there's the ships have some kind of gravity manipulation. I was wondering if you had somehow read one of the read that story?
2: No, no, no. I don't... I never read any, any, any reviews. I'm just, you know, from the very beginning on. I'm not, uh, you know, if I would, like, read in uh, reviews, I would probably not make movies anymore. And I like making movies.
1: Great. Well, people like your movies.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, and, and I mean, look, uh, you know, it's like kind of, um, you know, um, I mean, the, the whole gravity thing was actually something which... Uh, just had uh, that idea, you know, you know, because this ship is like even, it's a hundred times bigger than the ones in, in, in the first independence. It's like as big as the Atlantic Ocean. So it's said, like, it has to come kind of out some sort of, like, you kind know, of
1: gravitational pull. Right. So sci- science ish, even if not totally 100% true yeah, in physics. Science
2: ish. It's a, it's a perfect word to put it. <laughs> science ish.
1: <laughs> Great, perfect. Well, thank you okay. so much for your time.
2: Okay, thank
1: you. That was the delightful Roland Emmerich, and now here is me, Jason, and Crystal Coyne going to the movies. So we are walking to the theater to see Independence Day Two: colon, too, baby. Resurgence. I'm with Jason Kebler. I'm Adrian Jeffries, and Crystal Coin. Yep. So I saw this movie. I saw Independence Day, the first one, for the first time on Sunday.
3: And
1: <laughs> how So just, how, did miss, <laughs> how
3: did you miss How did you miss that movie in 1996? It was fucking everywhere. It was everywhere. I know. Every I'm trying it was the to remember an
1: event I can actually remember, yeah. like pre Star Wars, it new was, Star Wars.
3: And it was such a big deal that they actually released it a day earlier than they were supposed to. If I remember correctly. What? Yeah. It That's was
1: supposed to, highly irregular.
3: It was really weird. It came out on like a... I even want to say it was supposed to come out on a Wednesday and it premiered on a Tuesday kind of thing. And I went and saw that shit because I was like waiting for this movie.
1: So people knew that it was going to be huge before... It wasn't like it came out and people loved it so much and then it was huge. It was like you could tell. Everyone could tell it was going to be... Yeah, so... The movie of 1996. So they
3: dropped an ad at the Super Bowl in 1996 that just showed um, the huge-ass UFO, like, destroying New York City, and they didn't show any dialogue or anything. It was just this, like, very basic trailer, and everybody was like, what the fuck was that? And then the buzz started building, and then the movie came out, and it was, you know, it was Independence Day. So anyway, yeah, so it was like, they knew it was gonna be a blockbuster. Uh, Roland Emmerich was coming off the strength of, I think Stargate before this, so that was, like, a pretty sleepery big movie, but I think Independence Day was his first, like, big-ass blockbuster.
1: I think it's clear that what people are looking for with movies and what's coming out with movies has changed a lot in 20 years, and it kind of seems like this new—we haven't seen it yet, uh, so I probably shouldn't knock it yet, but it seems like this new Independence Day is— too much of a rehash and the world has changed too much
3: yes but by that same token the newest star wars movie was a complete rehash and it was a huge success and everybody loved it so i don't know that's true
1: but a lot more time has passed between a new hope and
3: force awakens that's true that's true But we've seen
1: so many big remakes do incredibly well, and they're, you know, they're fine movies often, and even the ones that aren't fine are still big hits, and I think, like, 1996, we weren't seeing a whole lot of remakes at that time. Um, Like, this was a very original film, and now it's trying to do the same thing that they already kind of broke ground on, so. Okay, well, we're at the theater, and we're just in time, it's about to start, so uh, let's give it a shot.
0: years trying to get us ready for this we used their technology to strengthen
2: our planet but it won't be
0: enough I see them in my dreams they're coming back
1: okay
3: uh shall we walk let's walk walk. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> We're still here. Uh, I've, I, I have never... No, that's not true. But let's just say I was kind of on board for the first hour. I thought they did some pretty admirable world building, like, as far as sci-fi goes. And then um, it went completely off the fucking rails. You got like, off board. Spe- spectacularly <laughs> off the rails. Like, impressively. I... I I mean, obviously, you're probably going to give a spoilers warning before this, right? Yeah, spoiler warning, spoilers follow. Uh, The first half of the movie is like kind of almost cool, and then it turns into a fucking Saturday morning cartoon.
1: We later agreed that we were too hard on Independence Day 2. There are many reasons to go see it. Jeff Goldblum is one. Brent Spiner, the actor who plays Data on Star Trek and plays a kooky Area 51 scientist who's now one half of a gay couple, is another. As Chris said, the movie does some pretty nifty world building in the beginning where the earth is clean and bright and peaceful and now has floating infrastructure thanks to the alien's anti-gravity technology. The movie also includes a post-singularity lifeform. I think the plot could have used some more hacking though. Thanks for listening to Radio Motherboard. Let us know what you thought of Independence Day 2 by emailing us at letters at motherboard.tv. And while we're doing a call to action, rate us on iTunes, preferably highly. See you next week.